This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, Marcus Sweeney from Celtic Tiger Socialite to Organised Crime. The original poster boy for the lavish days of the Celtic Tiger, Marcus Sweeney and his then fiancée, the late Katie French, were once a regular fixture in the social pages. It just seems like utter madness. It was excessive. It was champagne-filled nights. It was 500 euro bottles of champagne in nightclubs. And Marcus Sweeney would have ran with a very exclusive set. Like the rest of them, he was very vague about the source of his wealth. But he did have a real talent and a knack for romancing beautiful women, like Katie French. Katie was different than the other girls. Detractors could say she loved the limelight, she loved the attention, but they all did. That's why they were so good in front of the camera, whether as a TV camera or a a photographer's lens. After 15 years out of the spotlight, he suddenly reappeared in the courts this week. And even the High Court judge seemed to agree with these allegations by Cab that Mark Sweeney appears to be up to his oxters in organised crime, both criminals in Ireland and also international criminals. I'm Fiona Sheen, and today I'm talking to Irish Independent Special Correspondent Paul Williams, show business editor Melanie Finn, and senior news reporter Robin Schiller about the self-styled businessman. Robin Schiller, what have we learned about Marcus Sweeney now that he's back in the news uh, in in the courts? Uh, Well, we've learned quite a lot about Marcus Sweeney actually in the past week and that information came from a proceeds crime case being taken against him by the Criminal Assets Bureau and that evidence was given before the High Court last week and it outlined uh, some fairly certain interesting allegations at the very least being made against Marcus Sweeney about his links to organised crime his links to fairly high-level individuals involved in criminality and the drugs trade. And even the High Court judge, uh, Mr Justice Alexander Owens, seemed to agree with these allegations by Cab that Mark Sweeney appears to be up to his oxters in organised crime, both with people, uh, criminals in Ireland and also international criminals. Yeah, so quite a, a dramatic statement for the, a, a judge to make. So quite clearly, the evidence that was, that was put to him was, was fairly firm and compelling. Uh, it was, and he said he had no hesitation in making the order sought by cab. And a lot of these details would have been known, I suppose, but couldn't have been reported on for various reasons. But one piece of evidence significant enough that was put forward by cab was that in uh, August 2019, Marcus Sweeney was um, arrested as part of an organised crime investigation into a heroin ring. Now, he was spotted meeting uh, a known criminal, Brian Grendon, at a car park at the Liffey Valley Shopping Centre in West Dublin. Uh, a short time later, he was seen with two other men, um, a UK national called Kuldeep Singh and a Turkish man known as Ali Adnan Duran. Um, and when Gardy moved in on them, they recovered as part of that investigation around one million euro worth of heroin. Now, 
Marcus Sweeney was arrested but not charged in relation to that incident. He wasn't caught with the hair and he's not suspected of any wrongdoing in that sense. But he's certainly meeting with these people who are later uh, charged and convicted of hair and possession. And also uh, meeting uh, this individual, Brian Grendon, who is considered a very significant criminal in West Dublin. So it certainly shows the uh, the level of people he was meeting it, and Gardy certainly suspected that he was acting as a go-between between this West Dublin crime gang and the other two men who are considered to be uh, international drug traffickers. And he's running a, a wealth management company, and and that's really what's what's coming into play here, called EW Evergreen Wealth Management Limited. So what what do we know about the activities of Marcus Sweeney with that firm? Yes, well, that company is the centre of this cab case at the moment. Now, what we heard in court was that uh, Evergreen Wealth Management has received somewhere in the region of €700,000 in investments over the last number of years um, from certainly unknown source in some regards. Uh, One source the cab alleged they've identified is uh, Brian Grendon, who they say invested 20000 into that company in around 2015. Now, Mark Sweeney's home was raided in around 2020 and several items were seized, uh, watches, Range Rover. But the particulars of this cab case now focus on uh, grounds in Meath, uh, which was purchased for around 102000 And cabs say that given the uh, finance that went through his company and um, the link with Brian Grendon's money to that company, they allege that that property in Meath was bought at least partially, if not fully, with the proceeds of crime. And that was the case they're taking against Mark Sweeney at the moment. The court was also hearing, though, that there was what you'd call legitimate money going in here as well. So there were other investors who were involved with Marcus Sweeney as well, some of whom didn't really know what, what, where their money was ending up. No, that was also the evidence given in court that people who um, went into business with Sweeney didn't really know um, where I suppose, the other money was coming from the full extent of what was happening and it could be a case to make that Marcus Sweeney maybe was keeping his investors and people he was in business with in the dark around the other activities surrounding the likes of Brian Grand and investing money into that company and certainly the people there are obviously legitimate investors who would put money into that company I'd say they're very shocking to see the allegations being made against him in the High Court by the Criminal Assets Bureau Yeah so Marcus Sweeney is up to his oxters in organised crime did this did this come as a shock did we ever suspect that in the past he was involved in any forms of crime? Well, referring back to that operation in 2019 for which he was arrested, certainly would be known that he was arrested. He couldn't be named at the time because he wasn't charged and he hasn't been prosecuted as part of that. So certainly there were obvious links to criminality in some form, whether they were nefarious or just innocent as he'd uh, claim and imagine. But for a high court judge to say that he's up to his oxers in organised crime, that he's linked to all these individuals, uh, West criminals, international drug traffickers, international money launderers, it is quite a statement to make and does show that Marcus Sweeney is heavily linked to people involved in serious criminality at the very least. But tell us about Marcus Sweeney's background. Where, where's he originally from? Well, Marcus Sweeney was born in 1977. He was reared in Dunboyne, County Meath. His dad, in a very middle-class background, his dad is a, an engineer by profession. He appears that he was well-educated. Um, and he got involved from an early age in the health and fitness business. And uh, it that is where he met Katie French. Katie French... Uh, was 24 years of age at the time she died and she met him just over two, two and a half years before she before she she died. Um, and they became immersed and they became sort of like Celtic Tiger era glam couple. They became immersed in this social scene which included 
beautiful models like Katie French, you know, so-called B-list celebrities, media personalities, people in business who were also very shady figures, uh, and of course, organised crime. And all of this was centred in and around City West, and it became known as the City West set. Uh, and the person who who basically presided over this little empire on West Dublin, which was a hub for organised crime, including the Kinnahans, the Hutches, all of these different criminal gangs, was Jim Mansfield Sr., who uh, died some years ago. He was the, the he was the godfather who literally got away with it. Manly Marcus Sweeney was he was kind of a pin-up boy of the excesses of and glamour of the Celtic Tiger days. Tell us about the the culture around Dublin around that time. So at the time, I was doing a social diary for what was then the Evening Herald. What that meant was basically VIP access to every single party in town, every event, every opening of an envelope. You would be there. You would be getting the gossip. It seems strange to believe in the days before social media, celebrities really relied on the media to get their stories out there, both good and bad, you know, celebrity breakups, makeups, etc. How to describe it now? I mean, it just seems like utter madness. It was excessive. It was champagne-filled nights. It was 500 euro bottles of champagne in nightclubs. It was VIP areas um, to some of the best parties in town. And Marcus Sweeney would have ran with a very exclusive set. Like the rest of them, he was very vague about the source of his wealth. You know, sometimes a restaurateur, sometimes a businessman, whatever that meant. But he did have a real talent and a knack for romancing beautiful women like Katie French. Katie French, so at, at the time, there was a big thing for companies promoting any product or anything they were launching. Needed to basically have a model in a bikini standing there holding whatever the product was. And... There were a number of high-profile models as a result of that because they became familiar to people from all that promotional scene. They did. I mean, again, it seems really strange now, but if someone was doing a photo call, you would pop along and you would ask them about their latest relationship, their latest projects, if they're going to do any TV work, and they were delighted. You know, everyone wanted to be in the Diary of the Herald. It was where you got your gossip. Like I say, the days before social media, people relied on it. Um, and Katie was- French became kind of a celebrity out of all that. She, she went on to do... Uh, be a participant in TV shows and she, she did charity work and so on. Katie was different than the other girls. I don't, really, I can't really put my, my finger on it. I was trying to think about this today. Um, she was very well educated. She was extremely smart, but she always seemed like she had an old head on young shoulders. She was only 24 when she died, but she would have been in the public limelight for at least two years before that. She went on an RTE show, Celebrity Goes Wild. She had a very memorable appearance on the Late Late Show. Um, and you know, detractors could say she loved the limelight, she loved the attention, but they all did. That's why they were so good in front of the camera, whether it was a TV camera or a, ph- a photographer's lens. So she was one of the ones that you could ring up and say, you know, a quiet Monday morning, how are you doing, any news, etc. And she would always give you great gossip. Like the media loved her. What was not to love? She was beautiful. She was charming. She was intelligent. Um, and she knew her way around the scene. So for for certain sections of the media, you know, they absolutely loved her. Yeah, and she she featured pretty much on a daily basis in in the tabloid newspapers. As you say, she was developing a, a, 
a media profile because she was articulate as well, wasn't she? She was extremely smart. You know, I don't know where or who came up with this idea that models were dumb. In fact, if you look at people like Pip O'Connor, Suzanne Jackson, they would all be in of her era and are extremely smart, successful entrepreneurs. I mean, it was a misnomer to describe them as dumb. If you were getting paid 500 quid to pose in your bikini for 15 minutes on Grafton Street, you'd do it. They were coining it. They were absolutely coining it in the days of the Celtic Tiger. You know, they could make a grand in a day, no bother. Marcus Sweeney and Katie French, they were they were a bit of a golden couple as such. They were both very glamorous anyway. So they were going out for three years before the famous incident um, in 2007. So they met during a photo shoot. He had a restaurant called Lemongrass. He asked her along to do a promo shoot for that and um, instantly fell head over heels with the beautiful model. So they started going out when she was only like 21. And 2006, they got, got he proposed to her on a beach in Dubai in true Celtic uh, tiger style. And they were just beloved on the social scene. And then, of course, as we know, everything took a dip in January 20, 2007. Tell us about the, the incident again. And again, this was around a, a photo shoot. So they met from a photo shoot and then they effectively break up from a photo shoot as well. Yes, full circle. She was doing a photo shoot for Life magazine, part of the Sunday Independent, and it was actually for his restaurant, Il Pomodoro, which was on St. William Street at the time, it was to promote that. So he walked in at her doing a shoot, lying on a table, dressed in kind of lingerie, it was a burlesque style idea. Um, and all hell broke loose. He was blind with rage, according to witnesses who were there. And he and her had a very, very ugly confrontation. He was hurling verbal abuse at her, saying he'd had enough of this filth. You, you broke up with your boyfriend. Yeah. How did that make front page news? I don't know. I think maybe because the incident that actually spurred the breakup possibly mm -hmm. happened in front of journalists and a newspaper crew. So I'm sure that was the start of it, really. Did it you help to spiral it? Did Marcus help to spiral it? I wanted to keep it under wraps, hopefully, but it, I mean, it just didn't happen that way. So, yeah. Like, like I never, I didn't know Marcus. I, did, I never heard of Marcus before yeah. the newspaper thing. A lot of people may not have known you before this, no, but they certainly not. do now. I know. After that, how was Marcus Sweeney perceived on, on, the, on the social scene? I mean, his reputation was kind of in tatters for a while. Like, I spoke to her directly afterwards and she was visibly shaken and upset by what had un unfurled at the restaurant. And she said that he had said to her, you know, no more shoots in your underwear now that we're engaged. Essentially, he viewed her as his property, so to speak. I mean, now we can look back at that and say it's kind of like modern day gaslighting. Um, and she said she wasn't having it. She was going to put the foot down. She'd moved out of the City West apartment that evening, she told me. And she said she knew he knew that she was a model when they first started dating. And why should she change for him or indeed for any man? You know, Katie was very strong-willed. She was very confident in herself. Obviously, we know now there is a vulnerability and a fragility there that, you know, could have led to her taking drugs, I guess, towards the end. We'd lived together two years. So you do have things to sort out after two years. And are you, and are you saw, back together? No. We're not. No, it's okay. not going to happen. <laughs> Katie French, she dies tragically just after her 24th birthday from a cocaine uh, overdose. But Marcus Sweeney effectively gives, he's interviewed by the Gardaí mm. because of his relationship with her. 
And and he basically says there was a, a, a cocaine problem here. Yeah, he always maintained, like, we was no way of proving this. Uh, he said that when he started dating Kate, he had a cocaine problem. And he said at once, I didn't realise at first she was on coke, but soon I became aware of it. Um, he maintained that he was a weekend user. Uh, he maintained she was an everyday user and that she was hopelessly addicted to it and she had an insatiable... Um, uh, appetite for it and he, you know she, he said one of the things he said about her at the time is he said she never wanted to come down off a high uh, and he saw her taking hash coke painkillers um, and he says he was worried about her he used to see her getting panic attacks as a result of drug abuse and he would get water to settle her all this kind of stuff but that was what his claim was at the time It, it appears then that we we hear very little then about Marcus Sweeney after that where, where does he where does he disappear to the restaurant? Uh, he he goes out of the the restaurant business. He even seems to disappear off the scene in Ireland altogether. Well, he did disappear off the scene. Um, it, it's important to say as well that there's a number of things happened apart from everything crashing. The, the Celtic Tiger died, as we all know, and when that crash came, it it affected even the organised crime. Now that was all leading up to the beginning of the end of this. Uh, exclusive little click out in, in City West. And then, Paul, he, he turns up in, in the Middle East. Yeah, but we don't know really much what he got up to over there. Um, he may have been in the health business. Ultimately, where is all of that, that, that gang, that you that group you talk about from the, the Celtic Tiger uh, heyday for, for these people? It all fragmented and it all basically disappeared, really. It, it, it collapsed and crumbled when the Celtic Tiger uh, fell and died um, <clears throat> and <clears throat> it all died around Jim Mansfield because Jim Mansfield ran into fierce, serious uh, financial problems um, he went into liquidation his properties were taken off him it, it all started to implode to such an extent that around the uh, um, around 2013 2014 uh, old man Mansfield and his son were receiving protection from the dissident Republicans including the INLA because other criminals were after them and that was they were after them for money in the midst of this the likes of uh, Marcus Sweeney who never had a penny in his pocket and never was anyway successful in the business so he had to then you know just basically disappear because nobody was there to support him he wasn't getting the, the the kind of financial support that he would have had before so he, he seems to have just disappeared and then he comes back to Ireland and the next we hear about him is he's he's spotted in the company of very very serious heroin dealers and as I say the rest is history Paul he's now very much a person of interest for the Gardaí Oh he ha and he has been for some years Fiona but uh, you know I would say that when you look at this particular case with this guy Grendon and these other uh, heroin dealers the Turkish connection and all of that these are he's associated with very very heavy people here and I would say that he must be very very concerned for his own his safety because you know he is on the periphery of all of this he hasn't been arrested by anybody or charged with anything and you know, I would say he feels very, very uncomfortable where he is right now. And my thanks to Robin, Melanie and Paul for joining me today. I'm Fiannan Sheehan and today's episode was produced by Mary Carl, researched by Tabitha Monaghan with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from Ireland AM on Virgin Media 1, TV3, The Podge and Rod Show on RTE2 and Independent.ie. If you want to hear more of our award-winning journalism, you can visit independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.